Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Hi. You know, it's weird that sliding that slider is a one-finger job. And when using your other hand, you were not as efficient at it. We really are going to have to hire an engineer just to slide the slider. Well, it's my left hand now. I was better with my right hand. It's just I've got more dexterity in my right hand. The left hand is just hard. You're making it's a lot of excuses. So hard. again, we are, we do have an open posting for a uh, <laughs> board slide slider. <laughs> we pay nothing, but we will make sure that you also have beers on the table. You, you will have to be in Eugene, Oregon. Mm. Mm-hmm. One it's, night it's a week. A, yeah, it's a local. Usually local determined only. the night of. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I It's been... Uh, t- I, Andrew, something important happened today. What happened today? I, I golfed for the first time in two and a half months. Really appreciate the invitation. Thanks, Edward. Well, it was kind of impromptu. It was at the club, and I like didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was awesome. But it was like... How'd you feel? I felt great, man. You know, it's a little tired. Uh, the, my knee is just a little tired. It just feels like it's tired but nothing hurt i felt great it was awesome even with torsion in the swing in your stroke you didn't well, feel any it's my right knee i think mm-hmm. if it was my left knee i might feel something but that right knee is just pushing so yeah no nothing no Push pain it, it was good. great i shot i had a good score too considering i haven't golfed i like have not hit a golf ball really in two and a half months like i shot like a 44 it's like all right i could take that yeah yeah so andrew how are you I'm good. I'm a little tired, a little banged up. I'm, I've been, I've had a, a strikeout of a hunting season, so I was not expecting to even be in town right now. But mm. through a series of really unfortunate events, I didn't stay out in eastern Oregon and ended up on the coast for a couple days. And I'm just getting banged up and striking out. I found on a scree shoot yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday. So... Just or two days ago, yeah, yesterday, and cut well, up a little bit. I'm just banged up, you know. I've I've slid in them before, but this one was like is unlike any I've ever other ever fallen in. I stepped on what appeared to be a big rock, tested it, felt good, shifted my weight, and it was not a big rock. It just rolled out from under me, and then I and then I was just gone. It was like a goonie slide. Yeah, it was just a goonie slide. Like I hit a bunch of big rocks, a couple little sapling trees. Just just a shit show. Fortunately, I wasn't impaled by anything, and you know nothing broke. And so I just really, really angrily uh, got back in my truck and came home to rest for a couple of days. Well, great. I'm glad you're here. I mean, I'm sorry you had a, a little bit of a strike up, but I'm glad you're here. And 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 I'm also glad that it's not just you because yeah, I get a little bored of just you. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Well, we've actually got some really fun guests. We've got we've got the newest, hottest stars of the newest, hottest watch brand. Well, maybe the oldest, hottest. Anyway, we have on the show today, I'm going to mess this up, Rich Reichbach and Katie Willis. We got a full thumbs up on that one. We got a thumbs up of Wellsboro Watch Company. Rich and Katie, how are you? So good. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like my voice just cracks. That's okay. That it's first, it's first time nerves. It, you know, it yeah. happens. That was your one opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I blew it. Well, and it's, it's fully, you know, acceptable and to be expected because as I understand, you, you're you sold out. You're, you're, you did it. Right? We did it. They are all gone. They sold out within 60 seconds. 
like we can see the orders coming in as I was uh, moving all of our products to viable and the orders, which I couldn't keep up with it. It was, it was insane. Wow. Overwhelming. Yeah. Did you guys expect that? No. <laughs> yeah, you did. Literally, like, like I was like, oh, we're just making this. It's kind of like a project thing. We're making watches, and our friends and family will buy them. And it got so popular that our friends and family could not even buy them. So, this is true. My little brother and her older brother and my dad tried to get yeah. watches and could not get watches. Friends shut out. So, and you couldn't like cool. re- you you weren't going to reserve them. No. You were like, first come, sir, sir, dad. Yeah. Should have hit refresh yeah. faster. <laughs> I gave out two gift uh, divers, which were the number one of each of uh, lemon, lime, orange, soda. I gave one to the dude who is supplying the straps and the other to the artist, Oscar Bastidas. Yeah. Who did all of our cool branding. Yeah. So we did, we gave out two, but otherwise first come, first serve. I Where, where to even start with you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first I'll just say Cole Pennington did a write up on you guys on for Hodinky last week. And it's two weeks ago? Two weeks ago? A, a week on Monday? A okay. week on Monday. Wow. Okay, so really good write up and just a ton of information. You know, Rich and I go back several years at this point um, mm. from Portland Red Bar. So we've met and I've sort of talked to you along the way of this thing that you've been doing. Um, and, and so some of this stuff I knew, but others, you know, other parts of this, I just didn't have any, any awareness of, I mean, you've like slow rolled me, you know, artwork along the way I've gotten sneak peeks on stuff, but, um, where to even begin? I mean, can you guys just talk a little bit about what what you're even doing here making watches <laughs> um where to begin uh you start rich <laughs> and i'll jump in so um in like the article said in 2015 i bought a wellsboro and the backstory of course is that i'm a watch dealer and i'm not even just a watch dealer i'm a second generation watch dealer i've been doing this professionally and full-time for 17 years uh I know I look very young, but uh, young and stylish. <laughs> young and you stylish. The Hodinky article said. <laughs> Did you print that and hang it on the fridge and just highlight <laughs> those lines? Because that's that's exactly what I would do if I got a public compliment like that. I'd be like, look it, look it, man. That was <laughs> daily mantra. I am young and stylish. I am young and stylish. Well, and that's Cole Pennington is sort of the arbiter of these things in in the watch world, right? I mean, I mean, amongst others, but. Uh, the Ernst Hemingway of the watch world. Yeah, I suppose he is. <laughs> uh, and, and so, so Rich, you actually go way back in watches, right? You're not new to watches. No, I go to the fishing vest days because uh, that's what the old timer, the greatest generations uh, would wear to watch shows. They wear fishing vests. The more pockets, the more better. And uh <laughs> What do they put in those pockets? Watches. <laughs> Stuff. Watches, pocket watches, parts, uh, you know, hard candy. Yeah, in case you get hungry, that makes sense. Checks out. Uh, so I, you know, I always thought the watch world was really ripe for a best in show sort of a, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's just so full of characters, but uh, I have loved watches since the nineties and uh, on my Instagram a week or so ago, I, I found an amazing picture of my dad uh, at work on watches. Cause he's a watchmaker clockmaker at nearly the same age as I am today. So I have always been fascinated by this stuff that's been around me my whole life, uh, reading watch magazines in the nineties and, starting to buy and sell when I was at Tulane. That you were was, like eight in the nineties. I, I was not, I was, I was born in 82. So I definitely experienced yeah, the nineties. I, I experienced seventh <laughs> Avenue and uh fake ID at the end of seventh Avenue grime and fake IDs. And, you know, like dudes buying me beer and live peep shows. I am learning so much right now about my husband. <laughs> This is the format to learn it in because you can't get mad. (laughs) This is why, like, later maybe, but right now, no. (laughs) I'd cut school, get on my rollerblades from Staten Island where I grew up and get go on the ferry and, like, rollerblade to Grey's Papaya, which is definitely one of the uh, inspirations for the watches, right? Ketchup mustard. Yeah, we can get to that part later. you know, I I go back. Um, And your your dad was a watch dealer? He was. He had a store in uh, Bedford, New York, and that's where Martha Stewart and people of that ilk lived. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Uh, he had, let's see, his customers were Michael Fuchs, the guy who founded HBO. Um, he fixed Ralph Lauren's clocks. Um, Paul. That sounds sexual. It does. Yeah. Fixed his clocks. Paul from uh, late night. Clocks. Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer was a was a good customer. Paul Schaefer collected um, cane clocks, uh, c- canes that had a watch or clock, you know, watch at the top of the cane. That's an interesting thing to collect. He mm. must be the only one, so it's got to be easy to collect those. <laughs> He's got. He owns them all. <laughs> turns out, Paul Schaefer owns all the cane clocks. It's good to have a niche of like what you collect to dominate the market on that. Yeah, you know? the weirder the niche, the better, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so you guys met in New York, correct? Yes. A desktop version of OkCupid is how we met because I didn't have a smartphone in 2010. Um yeah, and we had our first date in Grand Central. Uh, we played Scrabble in the basement food court. Uh, then we got ramen for dinner. Then Rich was like, I need to go to the grocery store. Do you want to come with me? So I went to the grocery store. It got Rich. serious quick. It got serious. <laughs> That's a good first date idea because you get like you get a real peek behind the curtain of somebody in their behavior at the grocery store. Yes. And he is, yeah. Uh, seeing Rich in a grocery store is, um, it's special. He, uh, we'll get to it, but that's really a hobby of mine. <laughs> 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 Rich was like, I don't know what my hobbies are. I'm like, the hobbies are just weird. <laughs> grocery stores, uh, being one of them. Loves the grocery store. I, it's like, it's my, it's my, te- it's my temple. Just- I love the grocery <laughs> store. Now, now, Katie, this is important. Uh, you're from Virginia. Yes, I'm from Virginia. Richmond, so, Virginia. So I assume, I'm going to make an assumption here. I assume you're a Harris Teeter girl. Okay, so isn't Harris Teeter originally from North, North Carolina? Carolina? So we had them when I would go to the beach in North Carolina. Mm, okay, okay. 
Okay. And I see the, yeah. When I was in Charlottesville, we shopped Ooh. at the Harris Teeter. We called yes. it. We called it the Teat. Yeah, the Teat. <laughs> the Teat. I went to the Teat too. I, I made Andrew spit beer out of his out of his nose. That's been a while. <laughs> I never heard that. <laughs> okay. I didn't spend enough time in Virginia. And, and now, Rich, are you are do you have are you like a bodega man or do you have a, a grocery store that you prefer? Katie has romanticized the bodega. I got like <laughs> up. I love uh, the bodega. I miss our bodegas in New York. So in high school, I went to a Curtis high school and there was Curtis Hill deli. And like, I'd come out of the deli and it just, I just get hit up like for just like other bully kids. And like, you couldn't go in there with money. It was just like a bad look. So I, I kind of have not romanticized the deli. He just associates uh, it with like kids getting beat up, getting, getting mugged. Getting bullied, no, that's yeah. a perfectly reasonable thing as if that, if your experience was getting mugged every time you went. <laughs> Love a bodega. Um, so, uh, but your Rich has like three grocery stores in Portland that um, he goes mm. to, and he knows exactly what he gets at each one. Mm. Oh, I have that. Yeah. Yep, I even know where to go. I don't even need to look. I've gotten the wrong thing because they had to face fate. Like they were out of my thing, and they faced over the next thing, and I just grabbed it and put it in my cart. And when I get home, I'm like, you, "What? Where did you come from?" Yeah. And, and where where in Portland are you guys? You guys are northwest. Northeast. 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 Okay, so I'm from Southeast, 72nd Foster. Real. That's real Portland. Uh, nice. Real Portland. You're you're Southwest, right? Yeah, Southwest, like Washington Square area, but still Portland city limits. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you you make the drive down to do this. No, 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 no. no we live across the street well, from each other. That's why we can drink so many beers. Um, but yeah, no, that's where in, we in where Eugene, we both grew up. Yeah, but we both grew up in Portland. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, we are in King neighborhood. Oh, uh, which okay. Probably changed dramatically since the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to elementary school at Boise Elliott, which is now, oh, yeah. you know, not Boise Elliott, but like that was the fucking hood. And now it's like, it's not. Now it's not. Right. So uh, Katie grew up uh, hood adjacent, and I actually grew up in Section 8 housing projects, actual hood. Yeah. Uh, I didn't live in, in Bedford. My parents were divorced, and uh, I grew up in rent controlled housing, you know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, but our neighborhood now is somewhat fairly changed. Uh, now it's a little different in 2022. Um, police don't actually want to police anymore, but you know whatever. <laughs> and so yeah. from from New York, from from <laughs> working at the watch shop with dad in New York, or maybe just hanging out and and watch shop ratting in New York to becoming a fairly prolific dealer of vintage watches, not all vintage quote unquote vintage, but you're, you're a used watch dealer at this point and, and, and a pretty credible one. You've sold, I assume thousands of watches. Yes. How yeah. you make I that? Brag. Rich, uh, he's like top eight, wait, top 50, uh, watch dealers on eBay. No shit. Right. Yeah. 50 out of like, Thousands? 20,000 plus. 20,000, yeah. so. That includes the people that are selling like the $1 watches, just like. You're pushing weight. Yeah, wow. You're pushing weight. How did you How did you get into being a broker for watches? Tulane, uh, which is where I went undergrad, I began. My, my dad first gave me a Tudor 
7928, a small rose tutor that today I think would be about $35,000. He got it over the counter at $600 in the year 2000. Uh, I guess he valued it at $900 at the time. And that shows you how watches have changed in 20 years. They um, gave it to you. And then what? How did you- I, I traded it back to him for a Fortis Operation Enduring Freedom, which was a, a Fortis Flieger limited edition for, uh, you know, yes. the war in Afghanistan. <laughs> right. It had a little logo on it. So I traded my dad that tutor back, was real excited. I got a 7750. It was chunky. I was like all about it. And, uh, you know, and then some glycines along the way and, you know, w- whatever was in vogue at that time. Um, but I went to my dad, I actually, I, I got out of Tulane and I thought I would go get a, a master's in food studies at NYU. And I was working an organic food distributor in Hunts Point, the Bronx. And after a couple of months, my dad had fired his manager and he said, come work for me. And I was miserable commuting from Staten Island to the Bronx. It was a five hours a day commuting. It was untenable uh, for me. That's untenable and, for anyone. I don't know how anybody could do that. Yeah. That sounds miserable. It wasn't a good experience, but it was an interesting experience of, of doing that. Um, but I, you know, in, in another life, I would have had a career in food in some way. Food is my number one passion. It's my first passion. But I went to work for my dad. And right off the bat, I started listing his stuff on eBay. I've just always been e-commerce. I was on uh, forums. I would, was on eBay. And so you got your dad online. I did, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I got <laughs> I got the concept of buy sell. I didn't do it with panache. That is Katie. You know, Katie add panache. What is that? The it's an ice cream flare. Yeah, it's that green ice cream. That's what that's, that, that's what gets you back coming for more. <laughs> I love the panache flavor. <laughs> the professional creative veneer that Katie adds to anything that she does. Well, well, so we're gonna get we're gonna get to Katie. We're 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 we're, we're doing you, Rich. We're sure, sure. we are gonna get to Katie because Katie's the real story here. Sure, sure. But. So uh, <laughs> a lot of like a lot of I had five turbulent uh, years of my dad, which uh, I hadn't lived with my dad really much in my life. Like after I was six years old, we just didn't live together. I lived with my mom. And so those five years I lived with him were really, really amazing. Um, my dad was a really cool guy and he, he's the kind of guy, like my friends would come over and he'd just be sitting on the couch and he'd like roll a joint and smoke joints with my friends. And that's just, (laughs) that was just my dad. Like he was, he was just a cool dude. Um, but it just sort of became apparent to me over those five years that I had to branch out on, on my own. Uh, my dad was a little bit unfocused. He, he was a real genius. Um, and he was a master watchmaker, clockmaker, but he wasn't the most amazing businessman. He was a little bit too spread out. He was a little bit of a pussy cat with other dealers who would push him around. And don't say that he just was a pushover. He was a pushover with, with, with other dealers. And, (laughs) and that sort of gave me a chip on my shoulder, which unfortunately I've retained. Um, and it's made me less likely to collaborate and just a lot of other like issues, you know, an apocryphal story here is that the first or second Miami beach antique show I did. And, and that's, um, these U S antique show group. It's the best antique show of the year. It's like getting to go to a museum, but to buy stuff. Like if you could buy the stuff, you know, you could go buy a million dollar Tiffany lamp and 
stuff of that nature. And he had a mentor, this guy, Howard Gedalia. Howard Gedalia was IWC, uh, NAWCC member number two or three. And he had a store on the Bowery for decades. And he just collected up the most incredible stuff. And my dad, after he died, uh, my dad was friends with his daughter and he sold off his collection. It was millions, millions over, over years they sold this collection. So there was a, a miniature enamel pocket watch. It was lovely. It had like seed pearls and diamonds and painting. And it was incredible. And this one dealer bought it from my dad and he bought it for maybe $2,500 and he walked it a hundred feet down the aisle to Peter Plains and he sold it for $25,000. And it just, it just stopped, stayed with me. And that, you know, it made me never want to be in that position, never want to be sort of battered by somebody else's knowledge. And uh, so during this time of working with my dad, I went to Pace Law School. And I thought during that time that I would be an environmental lawyer. And I, River Keeper of Bobby Kennedy started there. And Pace is a pretty terrible law school, but they're known for environmental <laughs> law. If, if they're listening, it's cool. They're terrible. Um, uh, you can take the bar when you're done though so i mean that's what matters i've I've taken it and i I passed in a few states but not all the states not the states we live in not the states it's fine i i don't actually want a lawyer meant to be but you're a law school grad too right yeah 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 that's that's what i thought no no not go no, 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 she, no, no, no. Okay, I, I, I'm <laughs> remembering this story wrong. Okay, no. okay. She'll, she'll get no. to that. My grad, uh, yeah, no. But during this process, I, it was pretty abundantly clear to me during law school that I was going to continue to be a watch dealer, that that was going to be my lot and it was a better life. And I just saw the life that I would have as a lawyer kind of stretching out before me and that I wouldn't have a good life, the life I wanted, and that I couldn't do good. I, I felt strongly that to do good, uh, you need to come from independent wealth. You need to come from family wealth or some other form of wealth. And, you know, I would have had to compromise and in ways that I didn't want to. And so after I graduated law school, I took a friend's apartment, which is where I met Katie. It was a single room occupancy at, at um, 45th between Lex and third, uh, a fourth floor walk up. The second floor was like a well-known barbershop. There was barber no shop. kitchen in Rich's apartment. No. He just had a mini fridge, a George Foreman grill, and a camping stove. That's and all you need, a, man. Sounds like That's the all dream. you need. <laughs> I, I made Katie uh, good bagel meals. sandwiches, yeah. and I made meals on there. No problem. That's one I knew. Um, but I, I linked up with a, a friend who I knew from Westchester, from my dad's door, and we started Time Titans, and I took... I started with uh, 22K of inventory and I just kind of went from there and I was walking distance to 47th street, which at the time was a little more viable. Uh, it was still a filter for good inventory. It's probably been four or five years that it's diminished, um, but due to the internets, but at the time it was still pretty good and churning it out. I was cranking. I was making auctions. I was selling close to a thousand watches a year in the beginning. And that led me to the Wellsboro watch that I bought on eBay in 2015. So you, so you at some point start running into 
you, you know, movements and other things, right? You, you start just sort of getting a hold of materials versus watches themselves. At one point, did you, did it really sort of click that I, I've got to do something with these versus, you, you know, because there's a market for that stuff, right? But what point did you make that decision that instead of dealing these things, you were going to keep them and make use of these things, right? We, you know, we, we, we can talk about the specifics of your original models. In fact, this is a good time to do that, although no one can buy them anymore and they're probably sold out for forever. But you've got, you know, these fantastic new old stock three-hand movements in these Monon cases, these coveted Monon cases. And then you've got these wonderful Lamania movements in these Zen cases. Like you've, you've, you uh, acquired this stuff. At what point did you realize I'm going to put these things together and make a watch, a watch mm. watches. Mm. 17, 18, 2017, 2018. Uh, I've been sitting on the diver ones for like over three years. And um, then the Zinn cases came together from a Swiss dealer who's a good dealer of material and uh, a different Swiss older guy who sold me a bunch of movements that I got the 5,100 movements from and thus it was born. But prior to that, I, I still have a lot of movements that I've owned for longer than that, that, I, that will be future Wells remodels. It was sometime in 16 that I just sort of made this concept. It was I, after you found the Wellsbro yeah, yeah, yeah. chronograph. Yeah, yeah, I found this amazing stepped case Wellsbro chrono, first one I bought that I looked in the brand and I said, oh, what is this? And I, I took the name, I took the name on social and began the process of trademark, which is now complete and I'm moving from intent to use to in use. And, uh, but I've been awarded it. And uh, the idea was formed to resuscitate the brand and to use vintage movements because it was my background. Because I come to a micro brand as a vintage watch dealer that sold over 10,000 watches and as a watchmaker father and really, you know, deep knowledge. Number one, I love that you use the term materiel <laughs> and that you used it appropriately. <laughs> it's first, it's a first on 40 and 20, uh, an appropriate use of a term. Yeah, no, I mean. we're not known for that. In <laughs> fact, uh, so it, I, I, I get that, that this idea for a brand is born or that not even, not even necessarily a brand because the brand exists that this idea to revitalize, to, to breathe new life into a brand exists. But what's, what's that transition between just amassing these new old stock parts and making that connection that, Oh, there's some, there's something here and I, and I know you, you kind of touched on it and like vintage is your thing and I, and I get that. But I mean, for me, I have, I have shit sitting in my garage that I could, that I could do stuff with, but it just, it just remains in my garage because I like to amass things and stuff <laughs> and have said stuff. I imagine you're much the same way just based on the fact that you just produced a bunch of watches based on stuff that you had on hand mostly so where's that turning point that you're going to breathe new life into this brand with what you already have amassed? I don't remember the Eureka moment, to be honest with you. It just, it just happened. It was just mm -hmm. a natural evolution of 
buy and sell them vended watches all day, every day. It's just, it's literally my, my job. So it, make them. Just make, make them. Yeah. I mean, that's effectively what you've done. I mean, you've made vintage watches that are new old stock that are awesome, that are, that have all these new dynamics and these new feels and these new designs, but that are unobtainium really in so many regards. I think that's just how Rich's brain works. He's the kind of person where he can look in our fridge and look in our pantry and I'll be like, we don't have anything to eat. And then two seconds later, Rich is like whipping up some weird ass meal that tastes delicious, but with all these ingredients that don't really go together. I just feel like he does. I don't know. That's just like how his brain works. Just a true artist. He's an artist. Which is a fair point. Um, (laughs) I'm super neurotic. I'm super obsessive in certain ways. And uh, (laughs) I hate waste. I hate food waste. I hate all waste. Um, and like I said, I'm environmentally minded and I I also grew up with a Holocaust survivor, uh, in the same bedroom, my grandmother, identical twin Holocaust survivor. Your grandma has an identical twin. She did. Yes. Holocaust survivors. Yes. Sorry. It wasn't your identical twin. (laughs) The timing on that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which was an only child until his stepbrother and sister came along like 12 years later. And, And the fundamental of my job is to see value. And, and so I see value. Um, but I wanted a brand from a long ways. And so I, I wanted to get Benris. I wanted to, which was, I can't remember the name of the corp that owns it, but they, they offered to lease out the name uh, at 50 K a year. And I was like, Oh no, I, I, I buy it for that much maybe. Um, but all of the good names have been taken, you know, and, and, and there wasn't anything left for me. And then I stumbled upon Wellsboro and it was like the vehicle for my dreams. <laughs> I, I, lo- I, I love it. And, and, you know, having watched this thing sort of develop, um, you, you know, I think when, when we met Rich, you already had Wellsboro, but um, you, you, th- this thing was very much in its infancy. So w- watching it develop has been really fun. Um, and, and I would say I had, um, I would, I had like a second row seat or maybe like I was up on the first balcony. Uh, but you, you know, seeing these things happen in real time, I will say you, it, it was in the early days, it was very uh, rich. Uh, you, you know, I'm going to reveal what I know about you, which is that you think big, um, you think big, but you also think very certainly and definitely. And so I remember at one point, or kind of early on, I can't remember where we were, somewhere in Northwest, like it was one of those like movie scene buildings down on the park blocks. Um, but I remember thinking, I think this guy's kind of crazy. Like, I don't <laughs> think he can actually fucking do this. Like, he's just full of shit, you know? N- not that you were full of shit, right? Because you're you're clearly, you know, selling watches and you have this stuff. and But just like a little bit of... So I think the the difference in my mind happened when you sent me the first artwork and that is where i would like to transition to talking to you katie because so katie you are a marketing person you were one of these uh madmen types you work at wyden kennedy i understand 
and you are apparently a fucking genius. So tell us, tell us how you came into this. Cause I imagine, I imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Katie, but I imagine you had some of the same thoughts I did. Like you're, you're out of your fucking mind, Rich. So, so talk us through how you come in and you turn this thing from the idea of a sort of energetic watch dealer to probably the coolest brand and watches that I've ever seen. I mean, right. This is a brand new, brand new brand and it's super cool. So what happens there? Yeah. Well, I first want to say that Rich and I've been together for like 12 years and just, I do not give a dick about watches at all. Like I'm just, I don't wear one. I'm not interested in them. Like I support him, but I'm just like, Rich just talks at me with all this, you know, watch knowledge and it just goes over. My head. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We're, we're um, in, we're in relationships. We're, we're, we're in relationships. Of we started a podcast. That yeah, was, yeah. that was our answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rich's, I mean, I had a similar reaction, first reaction to Rich too. I was like, this guy's full of shit. Um, Were you not excited to get the garage cleaned out? What's that? Were you not excited to get all this stuff out of the garage, like like assembled and found a home? Because it's not all this stuff, but at least like one box has got to now be addressed. Yeah, totally. Well, I think there's like our basement has all sorts of boxes that I just don't even go in that zone the zone of Richie. That's where he keeps uh, all his, that's where he keeps all his secret stuff. Yeah. The secret yeah. stuff. That's where the um, good stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I just like, this looks like trash. We don't need this. Um, but no. So you think he's crazy. And, and then what? I mean, when does, when does well, the Rich, light bulb turn on for yeah. you? Rich is always, he's just such a, um, I don't know. He's just always has ideas for businesses. Like at one point, <laughs> really into the idea of making Japanese soft serve, like his own restaurant for that. And I was the like, soft cream dream. The soft cream dream. Like, I didn't shut up about it. And I was like, Rich, bro, like you've never made this. I go there. <laughs> this is when we were living in New York and he wanted to buy this like $5,000. Uh, soft cream machine. I was like, where the fuck is that going to go in our <laughs> tiny ass apartment? <laughs> but it's <That's laughs> the worst name. It wasn't a name. It was just a reference to my, no. my dream. Yeah. No, no, no. She said it's a soft cream machine. <laughs> so bad. So bad. He keeps the soft cream dream in the hidden boxes. That's, yeah. <laughs> Probably in parts downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, then he made rugs. He wanted to do these rugs that are <laughs> made out of watches that look like watches. And so we made a bunch of those and they're still sitting in our basement. Uh, but um, yeah. So- <laughs> I'm going to have to get one of these rugs now, right? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I think we only have like two or three of them left. But anyways, Rich is always... <laughs> He's very creative and he just, you know, had these, had these dreams. Um, but so to back up, I'm an art director. I work at Wyden Kennedy. Um, I, I've worked on KFC. So I wrote a lot of scripts for Colonel Sanders, that kind of vibe, Samsung, Converse, 
Wait, let me toot her horn for one second here. When she was at Droga 5, because she she has worked at the two best ad agencies in America. And uh, at Droga 5, she made a campaign for MailChimp. It's literally the template for digital advertising. Oh, Richie, stop. Anyways, it's good stuff. She is. So, so Rich one day tells you, I'm, I bought this brand. Yep. We're going to make watches. I'm actually making watches now. Yeah. And then you're like, hold the fuck on. Yes. So, it was, a, it was probably like two years of like, I've got all these movements. And he's just saying, like, Lamania 5100, blah, this is a great movement. And like, this at the time is one of the things going straight over my head. I'm like, I don't know what this means. But anyways, he had partnered, he had met this watchmaker, Kinkichi Kamada, online, because Rich meets all the wonderful people in his life online, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> via desktop yeah yeah desktop uh and he rich had the first design the first like drawing of you know what the dials were gonna look like and he was like katie these are the colors we've picked out and i was like wait what because you know i'm an art director it's so like color and typography and design i'm like that's my language so i was like give me that and then um, I was like, okay, we, you need help. We need to focus this. And you just, you know. it was just a red sheet of paper at the conclusion <laughs> of your first iteration. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah. So it was just like giving this thing, you know, being totally, I guess, dumb about the watch world and just bringing like stuff I like you know, illustrators I know, illustration styles I like, um, all the things I've tried to make on other projects and advertising that I couldn't. I'm like, well, I'm the client now, so I'm greenlighting all my ideas. <laughs> Great. Um, but yeah, just like not taking it seriously and just really having fun. And um, yeah, and that's how we came up with the food theme, just because, you know, Richie loves to cook. I love to eat most people do seem fun and dumb yeah and and so oscar bastidas fantastic artist someone you know i understand and and so you that first meeting you have with him what does that sound like i was just like hey my husband's making this watch brand and i want to make a lunch box that we sell them in and basically well basically basically (laughs) Yeah, I'm not talking well tonight. Um, we have this idea. Uh, the first time Rich told me he was a watch dealer on our first OKCupid desktop date, um, I was like, oh, haha, do you wear a trench coat and stand on the corner? Yeah, I bet he does, by the way. <laughs> it's a fishing vest. <laughs> yeah, not a trench coat. Um, yeah, and he got so offended that I asked him that. And I was like, oh, I'm just, I was just joking. But then... Ever since, anytime I introduced Rich to one of my friends, they would all make that same joke. They'd be like, oh, do you have a trench coat full of watches? And so it was always like this, I don't know, sticking point for Rich. And it was just a negative thing that people would always say to him. So it was like, let's let's take this negative thing in our life and kind of own it. So we made Tony, our dog, on the cover of the lunchbox and he's wearing a trench coat and he's got his trench coat open and he's selling all the watches on the street. Um, so he's kind of our unofficial mascot. 
of Wellsboro. <laughs> I love that. It's it's really it's really yeah. cool. You know, you, uh, what we see, what I see with this project that you guys are doing, and and I think we can call it more than a project at this point, right? Um, w- what you guys have done is so weird and so different, and you know the approach is so you know in hindsight, right? So obvious. Uh, it's just, I mean, really delightful, right? I think that's been that's been the the reaction um, of everybody we talk to. You know, one of our one of our writers, Mike, has actually in the forty five seconds they were available or whatever was able to reserve one of the lemon lime. Um, you, you know, we everybody that sees this thing is like, this is really neat. So, I, I mean, do you think that? that different approach is sustainable. How do you, how do you maintain that character over time? You, you, you know, not, not to suggest that it's a novelty or that it's, that it's doesn't have any back backbone, but how do you maintain that over time? That's totally a great question. Um, and I think it's, you know, giving this brand, the food theme, it's like, we have so many, I, that just like, it gave it enough structure like we have a sandbox to play in but it's a really big sandbox for at least what we're calling the next watches what the colors are going to be like who we partner with like what type of merch falls out of it like it's just this thing that has a lot of legs um and I think there's just like we can evolve the illustration style but I think we we see ourselves more of a more than just a watch company it's like I just want this to be a platform that we make cool stuff that, you know, so I just like, I stay and like keeps me up at night. I'm like, Oh, we could make this. We could make a content series. We can make cool merch line. Like NFTs. I mean, those are the thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, you you guys, you hit the nail on the head. You you created this really whimsical kind of out there idea that's also super familiar. I don't think anyone can see anything from your lineup and not feel an immediate connection to it. And, and just, just in the design work and then they get into, Oh yeah, this is a Monin case. Like what the fuck? How that collision of super modern and fun with nostalgic and also like real like vintage chops and real watch chops is a really cool collision that we we've clearly never seen before. And I'd, I don't think we would see again from anyone, but this partnership right here at Wellsboro. Now it's yes. super cool. You, you guys, you guys did something special, you, you know, and, Normally, when people come on our show, they're they're coming on our show because they've got a product. You know, we're like uh, the Tonight Show or whatever, whatever, right? People come on their show because they have, you know, this is my new book. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, you, you guys have come on the show, uh, and you have nothing to sell. So uh, we feel we oops. Stops. No, no, it's not, not true. Not true. Not true. Not true. And oh. worth addressing. Hold on. Oh, okay, so, uh, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll let you do it. Go ahead. A couple points. For one, uh, how do we sustain? So uh, I think. I love Oscar. I don't want to move from Oscar. I feel like he's a part of the brand. He's part of the brand. For and uh, so each 
subsequent release we flesh this out more we flesh these characters these weird characters he's made and this universe that he's made cool uh so the next watch i think it's going to be for your uh christmas return monies i think it might be mid-january for super lucky it's mid-december unclear and in covid times it's kind of you can't peg these things uh project pete davidson that's code name okay 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 Code name that's coming in yeah mid-january it's very exciting i'm very excited about it i'm already thinking into 2023 um that's how much new old stock you have in the basement (laughs) well i'm always trying to buy more and anybody who's listening that wants to sell me groupings of movements i want to buy them Um, so i've heard of these i've heard of these two turbion uh watches which (laughs) you you know that cole cole fennington told us about so excited for the new stuff so i've got a really important question rich uh and and katie you can weigh in too if you want but i suspect you're gonna be like fuck off uh one of my favorite 40 and 20 episodes of all time is our 7750 versus 5100 episode where we it wasn't really like a battle or anything but we talked about those two movements and what they meant to the industry because i think they're in my mind they're probably the two most important movements that have ever come out they are the most important movements and and you people can argue with me and they do but um as between those two do you have a favorite i do i do as a watch dealer i do and and as as somebody interacts with, with watch bakers i do um i'm sorry he's just so serious i do i take this shit serious. then he's That's building right. the drama Katie, there, i just want an answer no smile on his face until you said that <laughs> it was very serious but please so the 5100 is a great movement uh, but it's full of plastic parts and that's not optimal for longevity or the long term. And I think on that basis, I actually prefer a 7750. I don't prefer the layout. I prefer obviously a, a central minute. And I liked what we did, right? The, the best 5100 is an easy M1. And so that has no, no date. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a day as a date, but it's, it's just, you know, kind of it's, decluttered. It's de- deregulated there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, So that is amazing. And I was happy to get some new old stock movements, but uh, the 7750 is more overall important. And it's, it's a a movement that was saved over, over the years. It just never, um, I think the story was that it was the cast or mold or whatever for it was was saved it yeah yeah the fe- we we talk about this in our episode and 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 i know that i i hate to sell our episodes i think we did a good job with that but but the owner of these designs the, the designer who designed not the owner them, realized that they were going to be sort of dodo uh and stole all the architecture mm. stole it uh you know but basically no, he pres- took it from work that's stealing he preserved yeah. it and then after sort of the the worst throws of the quartz crisis brought it back and was like hey guys i got this stuff here we should we should do this and and thus the greatest movement of all time was uh was saved was saved and and, and you when i say that i mean that very seriously because uh, yeah, i don't think espionage. that is the best and, and your answer <laughs> was right and if it wasn't right we were not going to pander to your opinions we, we were probably going to say gonna that just for the record. a new episode tomorrow right yeah. 
I, I, I want to say two more things about software sale. Uh, we have straps. And interestingly, and this wasn't covered by Cole because probably they push back on it uh, because we're one third the price of what basically Hodinkee is selling. You we mean current- a $7 strap from China isn't worth 95 bucks? Well, they're not getting seven dollars straps from China. They're getting. They're just. They're just. Branding. No, they're 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 selling essentially the same thing. But, uh, and I would never say a bad word against Hodinkee. They're good for me. They're good for me as a watch dealer. They've been good for me as Wellsboro. I have only love for Hodinkee, for Cole, for everybody there. Uh, and I'll never really be able to compete with them. But uh, our straps are awesome, and they are phenomenal value. And by dis- and they have really cool dumb names. Great names. <laughs> <laughs> made by made by yours truly, I assume, Katie. Absolutely. Joint effort. Yeah, we did. We like sat in bed one night. We're like, oh, this one's brown. Let's call it double fudge brownie. <laughs> that sounds that like really it. fun pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> this one's green. What's a green food? Peas. And- uh, so the, the straps sort of are what will sustain us and allow us to, uh, if you want to call it loss lead on the watches, uh, we will never be expensive on the watches. We will always be super inexpensive. And, you know, I, I surmise that those divers might be worth triple what we sold them for. And God bless. I'm happy for people. Um, no, they but- are. It's not surmise. They are. Yeah, just the ca- the cases in and yeah. of themselves. Well, that you guys really, truly, uh, it's such a cool project and such a cool brand, such a cool. Gosh. The whole the whole thing is just really insane and beautiful, you know. And so, I'm uh, really glad that you guys came on to talk about it. Um, at this point, we're going to transition. Anything else you guys want to say about uh, anything else you want to say about Wellsboro before we go? Oh, yes. Two things. Well, one, I think. I'm um, sorry, you guys get one. I'm joking. You can say both. Dang it. (laughs) Um, I think what you guys were saying earlier about how it felt very relatable, the branding. And I think that was sort of, I mean, my very, very outside perspective of the watch world is that it's somewhat pretentious. Oh, um, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who says that? Oh, just like, what is all this? But I looked at all these, what all these, you know, other other watch brands and what and I was like, gosh. I was like, I don't want to be anything like this. I just want to make something dumb and fun and like, you know, something we can all relate to. Like who doesn't like orange soda and lemon lime soda and who who doesn't indeed mustard and I don't know bright colors so I think that I just wanted to say that just well uh, Katie we we've got a really similar approach to what we do here and, and and so I'm glad you said that because we've always sort of we askew a lot of the you know when we started this podcast it was because reading websites like Hodinkee which uh, uh Rich I share your affinity for Hodinkee I think they're a f- I think they've got the best watch journalists on earth they've got the best product you, you know there's there's a lot of sort of anger about Hodinkee's uh, business model, I, I think, in the watch world, and and I think by and large it's unfounded. You know, even if it's fair, I think by and large it's unfounded. So, w- w- but with that said, I think both of us 
coming from where we've come from and having the priorities that we have were of the opinion that watches kind of suck by and large. The, oh, 100% and, they suck. And, and, and not that watches suck. Watches are wonderful. I love watches. Andrew loves watches. But the the media, watch mm. media and, and watch branding. And, and watch the, people. Watch people. So, mm. so much. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't think watch people no, suck. What? But. Neckbeard sucks. He's, he's an asshole. And he's the one who answers your forum questions. <laughs> that's, and that's, Neckbeard that's, is the, he's the outspoken minority who we all hear from and he sucks i hate him and so and so what we wanted to do is dumb which is fair because that's where we are uh but also you know really sort of getting rid of all the pretense getting rid of all the you, you know expense and you know we often will times we'll do episodes where we talk about watches the most expensive watch we'll talk about is 300 bucks perhaps you know oh that's a big one too and and so it's like uh this thing that you guys are doing fits so well into i think that philosophy and that's what for me makes this brand so attractive it's cool it's such a collision with this really legacy and heritage oriented urology side of watches that is inaccessible to most people entering the watch world and to a lot of people who exist in the watch world new for a long time. You're offering these these unobtainium things for a very accessible price. It's 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 astounding. It's super cool. <laughs> super cool. Really well done, you guys. Thank you. I want to make the last most important points. It's the thread that ties everything together. It's full circle to the lawyer I didn't become, the, the environmental crusader I didn't become. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we, we are giving 10%. Oh yeah. I'm really sorry. Yes. Everett charity. Um, so on Monday I went over to my volunteer shift and I, I gave him a check for meals on us, meals on us, PDX. PDX, uh, and we'll, we're going to make a button on our site for people to donate if they want to. Um, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, uh, I feel that. Oh. I've spent a lot of years uh, selling watches to very wealthy people. I've been a good merchant. Um, and but I think you've always kind of struggled with that, like mm, a bit of guilt. Mm, like you are a person that sells these luxury goods to rich ass people. You know, you don't need a, a luxury watch. You, I, I want know, it. Like, it's i mean it's it's incongruous to my character none of my friends I mean, they're have, so I, mean, I don't want to shoot out watches because you know no if you have look if i had millions of dollars i'd buy whatever the hell i wanted as well um but the, i hope if, if all goes well we will be near 50k by the end of next year which i think should underscore donations. of donations we should underscore uh, all of the incredible amount of things that we have. Project P. Davidson, 90 pieces. Um, the release after that, 115 <laughs> pieces. Uh, I wonder hope Pete doesn't come for you. <laughs> I know he might. Uh, I won't complain. It's all though. love for my fellow Staten Island brethren, P. Uh, Davidson. Uh, such a great dude. <laughs> Diver 2 in about a year from now. Which uh, So I, I only had so many vintage cases uh, now I do have vintage movements. I, I will move to making cases in China where, look, if you want to buy a carbon fiber bike, you, you go to Taiwan. If you want to buy 
you know, if you want the best watch case production, most of it is happening in China and then the right. finishing is happening in Europe. And so I'm not going to shy away from that. And that's what we'll do. I, I My preference would be to upcycle great vintage cases, but there were only so many to go around. But Diver 2 in about a year will be 125 pieces, and that will be five times what we had to start. So this is a to, to circle back to, you know, were we expecting this? No, I, I thought we were going to have a soft launch. I wasn't expecting to be supreme <laughs> level drop. You hard, know. hard launch. Hard launch. <laughs> uh, or hard opening. Hard <laughs> opening. Soft, yeah. yeah, wanted a soft opening. It was very hard. <laughs> just like grocery shopping, shopping on the first date. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> but if we had a soft cream opening, we would have wanted it to be very hard. <laughs> we just brought it back full circle. Well, r- really cool. Really cool, you guys. Uh, wonderful. So website, real quick. Wellsbro.com. Wellsbro.com. And, and if you want to buy really dope vintage watches check out tongue titans you know i i uh i always check your inventory because i'm just sure someday you're gonna have like uh 200 porsche orfina or something on there you never have and and i suspect you never will but i'm i'm gonna there's always a chance though there's just (laughs) always a chance on my last reel i put up the other day because i figured out that instagram wants the reels they want to be tiktok they're pushing them reels we've been trying it we're not finding success people don't like us (laughs) Uh, on my last one my only reel that i have at the end of it i have a couple of new old stock orfinas i have like maybe nine total pieces of new old stock orfina day dates uh hit me up i'll hook you up fucking a man it's putting the pedal (laughs) to the metal here oh okay you guys Really fun. We're we're gonna transition to other things, Andrew. Other things. What you got? I have another thing, and, and it's, you always do. I, not always. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I'm not ready. Pass. Uh, so this is something that I use uh, year round, and it it's a it's a mapping software. So it's an app with a web based uh, integration. So you can use it on your computer. And you can use it on your phone. It's called OnX Maps. Onxmaps.com. It's primarily a hunting map, right? They have a lot of hunting focused things on it. Sure, like Gaia, but for hunters. Yeah, but uh, what they also have is tons of trail information, road information, area information, wildfires weather, water information. This is kind of, if, if you spend any time out of doors and away from cell phone service, mm-hmm. this is the mapping platform for you to use on your phone because you can save, you can download and save map sections to your phone that you can use without service. Mm-hmm. So you have super high resolution, detailed satellite, topographical, and 3D mapping capabilities all all over overlapped by a gps connection all overlaid through your gps connection it it is a subscription one state annually 30 bucks to have 
total access to your entire state that you choose. For all 50, it's 100 bucks. So if you spend time like... If you're one of these traveling... Or if you're one of those people who's on like the border of a state and you do a lot of hiking in like Yellowstone and you're kind of crossing back and forth or something like that, there's some value there. You know, maybe you just buy two states. I don't know. If you buy two states, then you might as well just pay the whole thing. Um, but it is super intuitive. It's, it's like Google Maps with more functionality and you can use it without service because you can download these maps. It's terrific if you spend it like it's they, they've got uh, water tables for people who are out fishing. They've got all your hiking trails, closures, the, the whole suite of things that you would need when you move away from the pavement is there and available for $30 a year if and, you stay in your home state. And so you've been using this last couple of weeks when you've been off hunting. Oh, I use it throughout the year. When I go fishing, I use it. Yeah. I, I use it when anytime I'm going to be away from cell phone service for any period of time. This is the map platform that I use. They've got tracking, so you can track the route that you've taken. You can add waypoint, all the mapping things that you would expect right on your phone. And really the important part for me is that I can use it without service. Yeah, yeah. Super high resolution. It's great and very affordable. 30 bucks a year. My my membership renews like every April, I think. And they, they market to hunters, right? They're Th- sort of... That was their genesis. They've got like an Onyx uh, hike and a fish and all other manner of things, but it's really uh, just a super, super high amenity platform for people who spend time away from pavement. Cool, man. That's my thing. You know, I've used Gaia GPS in the past, uh, but uh, I just let my Gaia GPS subscription lapse, so maybe I'll check that out for the next time. It's worth it. It's it's affordable. I mean, I don't... I can pull up a map for you when we're done. I got another thing. Do me. So I, about eight months ago, uh, I purchased a... No, not even that long ago, but, but several months ago, I purchased a device meant to be used with a circular saw and i purchased it without any specific task you know usually when you buy tools you buy them because you've got a project that you're working on right you bought this because you were also buying a circular saw though. i bought it because i was buying a circular saw and i thought well i'm gonna get this thing because just in case uh but i haven't used it and i haven't had any really need to use it um but this last weekend i um got a bed for my daughter and my daughter her bedroom is on the second floor of our house and the stairwell Ugh. to get up to the second floor of the house is it's circular. It's like a, a steel spiral, frame, staircase. spiral staircase and we could not get the box spring up there and we tried, you know, for about a half hour, my father-in-law's in town and we tried to get it up there and it's like, this is just not going to happen. So, um, Okay. No box spring. So we have a mattress and and mattresses, you don't really need a box spring anymore, right? That's it's sort of like one Slap of beds these are the thing. vestiges of another of another era. Most mattresses don't need a box spring. The the box spring isn't doing anything besides sort of lifting the bed up a little bit and providing a structure underneath. Mm. So knowing that, I thought, well, we're just gonna fucking throw away the box spring and I'm just gonna build a frame for it on uh, on the existing frame that we had. So I'm just going to basically slats. Yeah. build slats. So what I needed to do was cut down a piece of plywood. I had this thing called a 
AccuCut made by Craig. So most people have seen this brand Craig because they make jigs. The they pocket are the, hole jig. But they're jig. They're magic. So I had this act. Craig AccuCut, and I almost didn't get it out because I thought, well, these are just slats, right? So they don't need to be perfect. But I made this, oh, I'm just going to break this thing out. So I open the package, I pull it out, it goes together. It's like a couple bolts um, and these long sort of aluminum rails mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a device that screws onto your circular saw, whatever your circular saw is. And and I was like, okay, this is going to take 10 minutes to set up. I'll just try it out. And if it's stupid, I'll get rid of it. And you use your table saw. And just, well, I, I, I could use my, could have used my table saw, but I don't like putting plywood through the table saw. Anyway, I get this thing out and it's like, this is the coolest fucking thing, man. So I think, you know, people who do a lot of word working have track saws, right? You can buy a track saw for a thousand bucks and it does the same thing. But I don't do very much woodworking, so I don't want a thousand dollar track saw. I want a ninety dollar. I want a ninety dollar. And so, I got this thing out. I didn't know how well it was going to work. A, I didn't know how well it was going to work. And B, I didn't know if it was going to be worth all the hassle. Totally worth the hassle, and and worked so well. I made, I think, twenty cuts. With this thing, things cuts I, I actually should have done with the table saw, but I had this thing out and I was using it. And I was like, this is so easy. So I think I have it up 80 bucks, $80, 80 bucks uh, at Lowe's. Um, it is the stupidest device and it just works so well. So if you are trying to rip big pieces of plywood down um, or, or anything, right? Big pieces of wood and you have a circular saw, this thing is fantastic i was so impressed by how well it worked it could hold you over until you have to buy a table saw if you already have a circular saw yeah i mean really it could you know there's things that i'd want to do on a table saw but um certainly unless you're doing regular plywood ripping this versus i would i will never buy track saw I will never buy a track saw because I don't need anything besides people make circular saw guides. And I had looked at a lot of videos when I bought this thing and I bought this thing instead of making a circular saw guide. And I'm just going to tell you right now, get a Craig AccuCut. Don't make a circular saw guide. Do you know what I use? What? A two by four clamps and a speed square. Go buy this thing, Andrew. (laughs) I'm telling you. I was going to use yours. Go. It's so good. It's so good. Blew my mind how good it was. So it's Craig. You know, it's going to be good. Other things. Rich, Katie, I don't care who goes first. What do you guys got? You go. Uh, Okay. Well, so I'm going to go with a hot vinyasa, which is both of us, one of our favorite things. And uh, I have a lot of experience as an athlete. Um, from triathlon to CrossFit, I've I've just spent a lot of my life doing athletics. It's it's something that's huge, important in my life. And uh, you know, it's a funny thing. You only get one body. <laughs> it's true. You got to get to take care of that body. You, you just get the one. And hot vinyasa is a real restorative thing, and uh, it's a forced hour 
of no screen time and of being very present, which is kind of buzzwordy, but it's, it's an important state to be in. Um, the past is depression and the, the future is anxiety, but the moment is good. If you're breathing and you're feeling all right, it's, it's good. And it's for all body types. It's for all people types. And even if you don't want the heat, just go do some vinyasa yoga. So let's just assume for a second, let's just assume for a second that the people listening and your hosts are mouth breathing knuckle draggers and don't know what, how, I mean, of course we do, but just assume that we don't tell us what hot vinyasa is. I thought it was a cocktail. Until I Google it, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a juniper spice. Yeah. No, see, I was wrong. Mold wine drink. Very. Think good. about my audience more, but uh, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's 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 the you know the classic sun salutation. It's it's derived. It's yoga. It's yoga. Look, we need to be yeah hot yoga. Hot yoga in a hot room. Uh, so here in Oregon, we're still wearing a mask for it, which is fine. So they've moderated the heat a bit, which is also fine. Um, you don't even need the heat. You could just go find yourself a vinyasa. You could literally just go into that class and sleep for an hour and you would still sweat and then you'd feel like you got a workout, but really you just got a nap. Um, sounds like my dream. It's less rapey than Bikram too, right? From what I understand. Correct. Okay. And, you know, I, I, you know, I started with, with Bikram. Um, Bikram was the first hot room that I ever was in. And I loved the heat more than I love the, the poses. Bikram is uh, always Bikram's the same, ev- the same poses every class and they don't play music and the lights are on. Yeah, it's a little harsh. So in the Vinyasa, hot, it's like different every time. Right. Yes. They play music. Yes. They turn off the lights. It's a recipe they, for a nap. <laughs> they give you a cold lavender towel afterwards. What kind of music are we talking about? Are we talking about like Jodeci? Because uh, this... So our, our yoga instructor, who's our friend, uh, who's also a musician, she plays like that... that there's music from the commercial. Okay, it's just I know. Oh, so sad. But, but I'm like, oh, that song, that track is using the Modelo commercials. <laughs> <laughs> okay, of- so it's upbeat and lively and fun. Yeah. Okay, I'm there. Um, but yeah, every teacher has their own taste in music. We, had, yeah, so it just kind of depends. As long as there's any music at all, and like the lights are dimmed, it's like pretty legit. That's but, been that's been my experience. I, I mean, that's how I made two kids. There you go. That's. <laughs> but, uh, it's 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 probably the most important bit of athletics I do. I do a lot of other athletics that matter to me, but um, I feel on another level about the vinyasa, and so that's my my other thing. I have a million other things I could talk about because watches are not my main thing uh, in life, but. Uh, vinyasa is important to me. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Katie, what do you got? Oh, boy. Uh, I do improv. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I feel like there's... When? That's more important to us than Red Bar. (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, my theater hasn't opened back up for shows yet. We're rehearsing, we're practicing. But I think sometime in October... Um, I'm on a main stage team at Curious Comedy in Portland. Um, 
and yeah, I'll have a main stage or a show at least once a month. And it's really fun. And um, I used to do it. So prior to getting into advertising, I was uh, an aspiring actor in New York when I met Rich and I did all like the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater training program. I was really into the improv scene in New York. And then Rich was like, you got to quit that shit and make my website. <laughs> How long were you in UCB? Like four years. Yeah. Really? It's, yeah. It's uh, UCB, cool. UCB side note. It was, I was taking classes there and I was like on an indie team. I wasn't like. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like. I was, I was like, that's like some, impressed. some like big deal shit. <laughs> just kind of mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just to be clear. Okay. I was like. Small potatoes in New York, but in Portland, I'm like big potatoes. Uh, UCB side note. So I was in high school and UCB formed and they had ASCAT 2000. They had two shows. Isn't it 9,000? I don't know. It was ASCAT 2000. And it was uh, two shows. My memory's better than yours. Your memory sucks. Um, It's true. uh, (laughs) Two shows, 7 p.m., 9 p.m. The first show was free and the next show was like five or ten dollars. Um, but if you're in for the first show, are you in for the second show? I mean, either one of that no, I could I get they, into. They kick you out. Oh no, no, you don't get to stay in. Yeah. They, they, oh. they, yeah. You hide in the bathroom. Is, yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say you take a brown show. <laughs> the, the like ladies' room. I forgot they had like the they had like this like weird room when you walked in with all these like broken mannequins that they ended up having on the show. But this is the original four: Matt I Besser, Amy Poehler, all of this. I sat next to Claire Danes one time. And so I was in high school. I was, uh, you know, 16, 17 years old going to these shows and I would take dates. And I thought that I was the coolest thing going around. I thought that I was amazing taking these people to ask Um So Katie, improv is yeah. your other thing. Give us, give us just briefly your like, baseline approach to improv what what, what how, how do you approach any given i don't know what i'm going to be doing tonight but what's my attitude about this i think my my improv mantra is follow the fun follow so, the fun i like that and you're also a perfectionist i'm a perfectionist yes but man. i try to yeah it's it's like mostly anxiety related is perfection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's normal. That tracks. That, that, that we're there together. Uh, no, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you said the the curious comedy theater in Portland. Yep. So if anybody's in the upper left, once they reopen, we can go see Katie in uh, yeah. improv shows. We're going, man. We are. It's we're way going. more important than Red Bar. Yeah. Pretty rusty after a year and a half of not doing improv. There was a brief moment when I tried Zoom improv, but it was like taking an already awkward art form and putting it on the most awkward platform. And it was just, it was eating me alive. <laughs> well, Katie, I, I've got a bit of a, a theater background myself. And I'll tell you, the my favorite shows, my favorite shows that we ever did were shows that were super rusty and everything went wrong, but you, but the recoveries were so good that it made the show, it gave the show so much character. So, uh, that you, you guys are going to be fine. Really fun. You, we're, we're going to wrap. We're going to wrap. I'm going to tell you at home, the W I'm going to tell you at home, check these guys out. Wellsbro.com. Wellsbro 
on Instagram at Wellsboro, I believe. It's at Wellsboro Watch. At Wellsboro Watch, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you, you can also check out Time Titans both online, timetitans.com, as, all, as well as uh, on, on Instagram where they post fantastic reels, I've heard. Um, <laughs> but if you're looking for vintage watches, Time Titans is the shit. They've got, I, I mean, we were looking, Andrew and I were looking at your inventory earlier, just tons of cool stuff. And, and, and everything from, literally everything from $200 Caravels to $14,000 really wonderful pieces. So uh, check out Time Titans. Check out Wellsboro. Look for more watches coming soon. Andrew? Plenty of great straps still available on their website. Check them out right now. You got anything else? No, dude. I'm out of things. Hey, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely, honestly, for joining us. And and thank you at home for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Hey, if you'd like to do so, you could check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 or at the Watch Clicker. Also, don't forget to check out Wellsboro Watch. If you want to check out our website, you can find it at watchclicker.com. That's where we post every single episode of this podcast, as well as weekly reviews, all sorts of good stuff. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get all our money for hosting and photograph uh, hosting and podcast hosting and microphones and microphone stands, etc. And don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. You were like right on an edge. (laughs) And if I, if I lost it, you were gone.